in brightest day, in blackest night. No evil shall escape my sight. Let those who worship evil's might beware my power. Green Lantern's life. Pretty cool, huh? Hi, everybody. I'm Chad Bokelman. I'm Mark Marble. And this is the Lantern Cast. Episode 204. Godhead. It all ends here. Well, no, it all begins here, doesn't it? (laughs) Begins and ends simultaneously. Nah, it doesn't end. It won't end for quite a long time. (laughs) How many acts? Three? Three acts. Whew. Yeah. So that's... Are they going to have a special... I know... Okay, so I know they're going to be doing the... um... Oh, what is it? The for uh, Infinity Man and the Forever People will have a tie-in kind of to it. So it, I don't know if that's Act Two or Act Three. Uh, I don't think it's like physically titled part of it, but it does have a tie-in. So I don't know if we're gonna cover it or not. We haven't even discussed that. <laughs> so <laughs> because all we need in Godhead is more parts. <laughs> <laughs> volume Volume Four: The New Gods Arrive. Oh God. So what we're what we're covering is the entire first act, people. This is uh, Green Lantern: New Gods. Godhead, the single issue. Green Lantern, Green Lantern Corps, New Guardians of Red Lanterns, number thirty-five, and then Sinestro, number six. Um, Mark has laid claim. Um, I don't know by urinating on them. I don't know. What did you do? To I, well, it's pretty. I took the evens. That's what it comes down to. I have all the I have all the even parts. That's right. And it's kind of and in a way, normally I would have just said we di- we would have had more of a discussion about divvying divvying them up. But since I think I got, I still kind of feel like I got shafted on the futures end issue. So I was a little more. <laughs> I wanted to claim a little bit more what I actually liked out of this. You big baby. <laughs> Even though I don't really like Green Lantern all that much, but the first two parts, I it's, <clears throat> to me, it's still the lesser of two evils. Uh, yeah, so he's taking the evens, I'm taking the odds in terms in terms of parts. Um, so, do you do, any preamble, anything you want to say before we get into it? I how are we gonna how are we gonna review them? Are we talking about them all and then talk about? I mean, are we reviewing them all and talking about them, or are we gonna maybe maybe we can do like two parts at a time, maybe and talk about them? I don't know if you want to wait till the very end and discuss all six issues because we know stuff's gonna be overlooked. Right. Um, yeah, I guess we could do it that way. Uh, I will say that my first my first review recap is going to be a little longer because I'm going to try and read this uh, little preamble here. Yeah, the prologue stuff. Yeah, yeah. like the, like the uh, the narrative text in the first few pages. I'm going to try and read that uh, straight fine. out. So, <clears throat> or we could just talk about each issue as as we review them. I, mean, I don't. I'm pretty easy. It's, some issues I don't think have as much to talk about it either. So. Um. All right. Well, uh, well, let's give it a go. Uh, <clears throat> so, Green Lantern, New Gods, Godhead, Act One, Part One, The New Fifty Two, with these seven rings, I will la- at last bring Darkseid to his knees. One shot. With the type, with the with the typo on the cover or the symbol problem. Uh, yes, I see it. There it is. I didn't. Notice. Nice going, guys. Once again, <laughs> and it's always the Blue Lantern ring. No matter what they do with it, they always have to screw it up somehow. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Get that out. Let me take a sip of water because I'm about to talk a lot. And Chad just fell asleep, so that's the end of Godhead <laughs> Part 1. It says it all, folks. <clears throat> In the beginning was the void, but from the darkness of the deep erupted the energy of life. 
Out of this tumult formed the heavens, a multiverse filled with glittering stars. Amid the multi-tiered firmament, the dust gathered and was shaped into a world, where waters boiled with light and from the light sprang life. The old gods ruled all they saw, but even that was not enough if they had to share it. Darkness still clung to this new existence. Jealousy and pride had burrowed deep in their hearts. It cursed them, and they returned to dust. From that dust, the living atoms of the old arose new creation, new life, new gods. We lived in great peace. None knew of want, save for one dark heart. Evil had not died with the old god, but been born anew and turned powerful hands to dark ends. That day, utopia itself was divided brother against brother, God against God. This was no personal vendetta, but a battle for the soul of the cosmos. It was the army of light against that of darkness. After seven days of war, dead outnumbered living, yet the dark one still breathed, banished from this world, he skulked into the multiverse. We remained and built new genesis, a golden island of gleaming spires that orbits our old world, which remains desolate and blighted, reminding us of the darkness that infects even the purest of souls. Ever since, for time beyond measure, we have readied for the next battle with Darkseid. We know not when the final confrontation will come, only that it will. For we know that from his perch on dread apocalypse, Darkseid ever searches for the anti-life equation, the ultimate nullifier. If he claims this weapon, all life in the multiverse will feel the Dark One's boot upon their throats. We have one great hope, the life equation, the energy of life itself, for life is the goodness of creation and it alone can purge the darkness. Light is life. We went out into the multiverse seeking the origin of this light. For ages we explored the worlds and species that Darkseid would overrun should we falter. Yet the light remained ever beyond our grasp. Until, at the boundary of all creation, the roar of light became a thousand drums, beating the song of life. Finally it came within sight, the ageless, inscrutable structure standing, waiting to speak. We communed with the great knowledge beyond the wall. It revealed all, the all-meaning, our destiny. Yet it would not reveal how to pass through the wall, how to reach the fount of life. So close, yet forever out of grasp. In the beginning was the word, and the word was the source. Uh, and that starts uh, the whole new Genesis, uh, the, the whole uh, Act 1, Part 1 Genesis of this one shot. I wanted to read all that because I thought it was actually kind of cool and uh, pretty cool that they actually went through uh, giving you a couple pages of New God's history. Uh, and I thought it was fairly well written, too. So uh, We see High Father and Metron at the source wall. Uh, and, uh, you know, they're, they're talking about how they've studied it and, you know, Metron, you know, has told High Father there's been a breach in the source wall and they're trying to figure out where the breach came from, what had happened. Um, Metron flies his chair over to, um, Relic, who's, you know, his, he's a part of the source wall now and saying that, you know, th this particular one is speaking. So he uses some sort of high technology device uh, and gets uh, basically allow, which allows them to communicate with Relic. And Relic talks about how you know the lanterns, uh, the rings, the light divide, you know, went into the wall. Um, 
but beware the one the one was loose the one uh and they talk about you know the lanterns well do you know of them and metron says well they channel energy through rings and waste it on trivial purposes mostly squabbling among their seven tribes and they talk about how they don't know about the power they wield. You know, we got to go back to New Genesis. These lanterns have unknowingly claimed the greatest power in the universe. And they could bring about the end of us all. Uh-oh, the lanterns are going to destroy the universe again. Uh, and then Space Sector Zero, Zero over at the planet Mogo. Uh, we see uh, all the lanterns gathering and a really shitty power battery. <laughs> Par for the course, baby. Par for the course. Um. Hal and Kilowog are talking about any of the fires that need to be put out. Then Hal realizes it's been a year since they lost Kyle. Goes down to the waterfall crater area where all the uh, tombstones of fallen lanterns are. He sees John there. And they kind of uh, recap sort of what has happened to Kyle and, you know, commiserate. Um, St. Walker is there also. And uh, he's speaking with Mogo. And, you know... St. Walker's still down. He's, he's, he's more than down. This is like whiny bitch St. Walker. This is, a, this is like the only time I read St. Walker and it's like, I, I don't even like St. Walker. He's like, come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> he basically says, you know, the gods do not smile upon us. And then over on uh, New Genesis, Orion is waiting for them, to, uh, High Father and Metron to show up. They do. And uh, as they're walking towards uh, a meeting, you see that the children of New Genesis are undergoing a class, basically, where uh, I'm kind of loath to call it propaganda, but, I mean, it really is, right? Uh, he, yep. uh, uh, High Father's a video of High Father educating, um, educating the kids about the danger of Darkseid. Um, Metcon, Orion... And uh, High Father enter a meeting. Uh, the Council of Eight has gathered. Um, basically, there's a this. This is a really long issue, so I don't want to get too into it. Um, so I'm just gonna really boil all this down. Essentially, what High Father is telling them is about what they've learned about the rings and how it's passed beyond the wall and the light and and blah blah blah. I want you all to go find and bring me one of each ring. Uh, this will somehow equal the life equation to them. So all of these uh, various new gods go out and uh, save one, uh, which High Father asked to stay behind, and uh, to collect these rings. Um, over in Space Sector two, 3052, New Korgar, home of the Sinestro Corps, uh, Lysa is giving Sinestro a prediction of things to come. You will try to stop her. You will fail. We will fight, fight, and this too we're going to fail. And Sinestro denies this and says, uh, you know, Arkillo, are you ready to prove your loyalty to the core? What a horribly drawn Arkillo on that page, too. Yeah, true. Um, and uh, Sinestro says, the rest of you wait here. And uh, Elisa says, Despotelis, you are needed. Uh, suddenly, uh, this woman in the vision shows up. She takes, she starts fighting the various members. Uh, well, she fights Sinestro and Arkillo, then cuts Arkillo three of Arkillo's fingers off, including his ring finger. Um, she disappears with it. Uh, Sinestro says, we're going to war. Go over on Sector 2828 uh, uh, on Okara. 
uh, Larflees has his ring stolen from him in the blink of an eye. Over on Zamoran, one of the uh, um, one of the Star Sapphires experiences the same. Uh, it looks like Light Ray, I think. Uh, Light Ray uh, takes the ring from her. Uh, one of the Star Sapphires over in Sector 2814 on Nock, the home of the Indigo tribe. Monk is facing down two uh, two members, or uh, a member and his pet, maybe. Um, he's telling him he's going to take the ring, and Monk is, you know, you don't understand. If you take it, you know, I'll become a murderer again. So he takes the ring anyways, uh, and Monk says, I'm free. Uh, and the new god says, fair is fair. Here's a sword, and then uh, Monk says, I'm finally free to have some fun. Uh, over in Sector 2814 on Earth, same sector, uh, a Red Lantern female is on the loose on Earth, um, uh, seemingly busting up a... Yes, this is a sex trafficking trade. I didn't realize that all those were females until this point. Um, uh, basic, busting up a sex trafficking ring... Uh, killing all those who, you know, stuff. You know, the the new god says, "Are you satisfied? Uh, is our bargain fulfilled?" She says, "You know, this is enough. Thanks. I'm done being this. Go ahead and take the ring. You know it's going to kill you, right?" Well, yeah. And so she gives it up anyways. Saint Walker and Mogo are talking. Mogo says something's wrong. Suddenly Orion shows up along with Metron. They take uh, Mogo's ring off the branch of a tree. Told you you should have kept it in your core, Mogo. Hmm. Keep it in your core, Mogo. <laughs> <laughs> stop whipping it out. Uh, stop letting the tree monks play with it. Uh, <laughs> Keep it off your wood, man. <laughs> so many double entendres. So little time. <laughs> uh, they also steal St. Walker's ring. Hal shows up and uh, tries to take on Orion. Loses that battle. Orion and uh, Metron disappear via boom tube, the same way all new gods travel. Mogo goes dark. Over on New Genesis, Hyalt, uh, who New High Father had asked to stay behind, is forging a weapon. All the new gods show back up and give High Father their various rings, which he then puts into this staff weapon thing, uh, and said, "You know, we this this device channels the energy of the of the light, unites the spectrum into the light of life. With it, we hold the power to mold reality." With it, we will reshape this universe into a trap, one that will spring the moment Darkseid dares appear. But first, we have to test it. So they go to Space Sector 0908, the planet... Uh, my digital copy is kind of fuzzy. It says Ion or something like that. Aiden. I think it's Aiden. Aiden? Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> Basically, uh, this planet... The, the, all these new gods show up. This planet represents the lowest this universe has to offer poverty, greed, overpopulation, starvation, sickness. Um, so they use this light by object, you know, shooting it up into the atmosphere and changing the entire planet, which they think is going to cause great effects, but instead mutates its entire populace into these uh, pain-ridden, horrific versions of themselves. Uh, and this, at this point, the new gods realize this is not going to work. Uh, High Father uh, says, "Okay, well, they're an abomination." Um, these rings have twisted the, the planet, broken its people. They cannot survive long, and what life they have left will be not but suffering. All we can give them now is a quick end. So he tells one of the uh, new guys to stay behind with his troops and you know eliminate the population so they're not suffering. 
Uh, and then bef- uh, by whatever means necessary, every last lantern must be stopped, save for the white lantern. If he exists, we must find him. He's the weapon I will use to destroy Darkseid. And this story will be continued in Green Lantern 35. And continued and continued. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we, we probably this issue is probably worth discussing onto itself. Right. <laughs> what did you what did you think? Um I don't have as uh, okay. Clarify for me before we even get into the actual stories and issues we're reading. What did you not like about the idea of Godhead going into it with having not read anything yet? You just didn't, I don't like you just don't like the new gods, right? For the most part, and the fact that once we knew how long it was going to be, those two those that makes the deadly cocktail going in. But being that being said, um, that's so to answer your basic your first question, that is the reason why I was I was a little certainly leery coming into it. Based on what we actually saw in this issue, I don't like, and this is a continuing pattern through the first act, as we will see. I don't like the lanterns getting their asses kicked as easily as they do all of them, even by bottom feeding members of the new gods. We're not talking about Orion kicking everybody's ass or Metron or High Father. We're talking about, for the most part, a bunch of a lot of a lot of nameless, unimportant new gods. For the most part, that we're still seeing wipe the living hell out of the lanterns. So that bothered me. In this issue, I don't like the way how easy it was for. Like even Laura flees to lose his ring, boom, 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 and I, I've already mentioned in other episodes how our killer, our is really getting the shaft. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that poor guy. Um, so, I kind of knew before before we even heard any synopsis where they were going with this when they announced that the new guys would become a part of it, not necessarily where they were going with it, because one of the most important things I know about the new gods is in relation to Darkseid's connection to them. Uh, and I think is isn't it that Darkseid is High Father's son and Orion is Darkseid's son or something like that? I know Dark. I know Orion is Darkseid's son. Right. Um, I don't. Well, I mean, in prior continuity, I don't think they say anything I don't, I'm about not this. Sure. Yeah, I know. I know what you're talking about. I'm. Not, I'm. I'm not sure. And Dark Darkseid's obsession with the anti-life equation, and they had already mentioned prior to this storyline about. Uh, the life equation with Kyle. So I knew that there would be a connection and I thought that would be interesting to explore. Um, I do like the, uh, all the stuff I read at the beginning. I do like that. That's that history stuff at the, at the beginning. Um, I think it's fairly true to the original, uh, the original um, goals behind Jack Kirby's new gods with maybe some things changed. Um, I think since the source wall is the boundary of uh, all existence, no matter what universe you're in, is for in terms of the multiverse. Uh, if you're going to make the new gods be a part of a different universe, because it keeps saying, like you know, the unreachable planet, the unreachable plane of existence. I think what they're trying to say is that the new gods are part of a different universe than the new 52? Is that the feeling you got? I think so, yes. Okay. Uh, And they also said, you know, know, since Darkseid and his forces are, you know, playing around over on Earth 2 right now or stuff like that, um, I I think that's a a fairly okay leap to make. Um, uh, I think with Darkseid's obsession with death and destruction and the anti-life equation... The new gods 
trying to find a way to stop him and even exploring the source of actual creation, the source of life, uh, and being obsessed with the source, while it makes sense, and since they had Kyle breach the source wall, I think as far as natural story progression, uh, that's cool. I don't have much experience with the New Gods, um, though. I don't. I haven't read uh, Jack Kirby's stuff, uh, the original New Gods stuff. I know of Orion and Light Ray and Metron uh, and High Father and High Alt and, and all of them, um, but I haven't experienced enough enough with them to decide whether or not this uh, telling is true to character for them. Um, but I do like, you know, even this, just this issue, I like this better than any one part of uh, Lights Out or the Durlin thing. I don't, I would still say that prior, there's definitely parts of Lights Out I like better than this. And I think there might have been one issue or two of the Durlin thing, which is, which is, which is pretty easy since there were so many parts, so many issues to choose from. True. I think though I, th- yeah. To me, I don't know. I I can't say this this issue, this issue kind of gave me what I expected to get out of it. Uh, maybe that was- I, I don't I don't I don't mean to interrupt. I, I kind of want to clarify just real quick. I think this is a better setup issue than any setup issue we've read thus far for the events in the New Fifty Two related to Green Lantern thus far. That I'll, I'll I I can agree with that. Okay. I like the Sinestro parts. Right. So through the first act, Sinestro was probably the most interesting or character in so far i think it's he he come once again he continues to come across pretty well and so i think i i did like that i again i, I didn't like him using porcelain aquilo as cannon fodder but i did like sinestro's approach to this i actually liked the beginning when they're talking to relic and you're kind of getting the little little in incomplete sentences more of like sentence fragments of what's going on in relic's mind which i'm sure are some things don't entirely, you know, we don't entirely know what he means by all of it, but I'm sure we will soon enough, especially since I think we'll be seeing relics soon enough after this is over with. So, before I did like that part. What did you say? Or before? Yeah, that's true too. We don't we we don't know if relics going to be a factor at the end of this. He could be. Uh, I don't like the the whole Mogo thing. I mean, a lot of people. What what is your take on Mogo? Why do you think Mogo just couldn't have gotten another ring, somebody another Green Lantern ring? Um, I I don't know. I I wonder if Mogo's ring. I don't know if size. <laughs> I don't know if size matters when it comes to the rings. But I wonder if the ring that Mogo was given was especially configured by the Guardians or something to deal with the um deal with the the planet. You know what I mean with a with the power of a planet. I, I don't know. Uh, the only thing that bothered me about it is the fact that Mogo can't talk without the ring. Raga could talk without the ring, or without a ring. There was a cluster. It's been mentioned in in you know uh, in in New Guardians that there there were several living planets, and even Metron says, "Ah, I had thought all the living planets dead." Actually, it was Orion. No, it was Metron that says it. Metron says it, and then uh, Orion says, "Perhaps then it'll put up a fight. I've never fought a planet before." Oh, you're right. You're right. I'm sorry. Yeah. So Metron. Yeah, I, I didn't even see. I, when I was looking at that panel, it took me a second to see Metron back there. All I saw was Orion in the boom tube. Yeah. So, so I mean, the fact that there were other living planets and they all communicated with each other, whether it be telepathically or verbally, I just don't see why 
Mogo couldn't communicate with somebody without having the ring. Or why his planet, why he would be dying, why he would be, you know, drifting off into the ether, or why he would, you know, not be able to control his own orbit or his own gravity or his own, you know, the life uh, of, of on his own surface. You know what I mean? Yes. If he's a living planet, then adding the ring should enhance his abilities, not give him all his abilities. So, but otherwise I didn't really have much of a problem with it. Um, I wonder if Mogul himself didn't go on the offensive that much because there's not much he can do without harming the rest of all sentient life on his surface. So, It happened pretty quick, too. True. What did you think of the stuff on the planet uh, that they deformed all those creatures on? It's a pretty interesting take on the. Uh, a, it's kind of like a war, a a negative, a negative or warped version of you know the, the power of life, which just get, which again just kind of just shows just because you have one of every color doesn't mean that you have the true power of of, of the White Lantern or life. So, that was kind of, you know, see, the, one thing I didn't, and we'll talk about this more as we go through the first six issues here. I think one thing that was the problem to me was with this. One thing that struck me was that they kind of set it up in the beginning where you think that oh, like 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 the cover with these seven rings, I will at last bring Dark Side to his knees. And of course, by the end of the fr- one shot, you already know that's not going to work. <laughs> yeah. At least not at least not as as in th- throwing them all in a an infinitely gauntlet scepter and and think it's going to work. So they're already switching gears, and then a few issues later, we've they they kind of actually they tell you in this issue, but it becomes more relevant a few issues later when we they re- it becomes clear that. Basically, they're going to need Kyle. They're going to need the White Lantern and whatever he has inside of him in order to technically get what they want. But you find that out by like the third, you know, the third part of the first act, and you still have two more acts to go. So you would kind of assume there's going to be more monkey wrenches thrown in, or else it's going to be a lot of filler. <laughs> um, so. Before we move on to the next issue, when you read this issue, what did you think? Do you think did you? Do you think these the new gods are out and out bad guys? Do you think they are have good intentions but are going about it the wrong way? Like, what did you, what was your perspective on them? No, I don't think they're bad. It's just you know they're it's, they're using the whole end justifies the means thing. At least High Father is. I mean, High High Father's the one calling the strings. Not everybody necessarily agrees with what he's doing or his his approach, but there aren't many people that are going to say anything to him. True. So they're but. The, yeah, I don't think I don't I don't see them as bad. It's but it comes back to like that whole kind of like that that Nietzsche concept to be careful. You know, when you fight monsters, you don't become monst- a monster yourself, and that's kind of like the and plus with like again with High Father during the course of you kind of you don't he kind of sends you a vibe, but you're not entirely sure how to take him because sometimes like in this issue he kind of comes across for the most part kind of like a. Except, uh, excuse me, an obsessed like jerk, and then later on, you know, when he's talking to Kyle, he's kind of like, kind of doing the whole Doctor Phil thing and trying to appeal to him and make him feel better, or analyze him and tell him, you know, I'm here to help you and all this kind of stuff. So I don't know. We'll see. I don't think they're bad guys. I don't. And, com- and since they, we know they're fighting Dark Side, I mean, we know they literally are the lesser of two evils. But still. <laughs> right. All right. Um. This one was also an amalgam of art from the various Lantern teams. Uh, and would you? Was there any weak point in the art, in your mind? Um, weak part. Uh, I didn't like. I personally didn't like it too much after they, 
after they switch from depressed St. Walker back to New Genesis with when Orion gets the call from High Father during the whole propaganda scene. I know that kind of might have been Kirby-esque, some, the way some of the characters were drawn. But that, I, did, that didn't, I didn't like that as much. I did like the art for, for the most part for, the, for at least the first two full pages of Sinestro. Right. Before they kind of go back to the I looked at the Green Lantern Corps art, which is pretty much what it is, but those, not just with the red panels, but you could tell they're being drawn differently. So I did like the Sinestro art probably probably the best. Uh, the Monk looked pretty cool, so the artwork was pretty good there. They did the stupid <sighs> red, black, and white panels again. Yes, I just yeah, as I yeah, yeah, that's what struck me too. Yeah, I mean I know, but it's. Just, uh, but that's, yeah. at least we at least we know who's drawing the book then. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but that part, like I said, that's when it's drifted off into the new the the core art team as opposed to the Sinestro art team. I mean, I get why they do it. I did it, but still, it doesn't mean I like it. It's annoying as no, crap. No, I to agree. Me. It was def. It was a certainly an interesting open opening act, and it. Like I said, if the lanterns hadn't been so, if getting the rings hadn't been so easy, I would, I personally can, would have liked to have seen getting the rings be a little harder than it was. And for something that's going to be like 17 parts, you think they probably could have stretched it out at least for at least two or three issues at least. Yeah, I think the lanterns are coming off all of them, um, except maybe the reds, uh, as <sighs> neutered little bitches. Yeah, and I don't think to be and to be honest with you, I don't think the Reds come out, come out any better when we go yeah. when we get the guy's issue. He doesn't come across any better either. Yeah, the actually the only I think I mean, the only one. Yeah, yes, I think I think the only yes overall you were correct. The only one who comes the only core just because of the thinking process behind it. The only one who comes across well in this is Sinestro. Yeah, because Sinestro is Sinestro is. is is thinking and scheming and planning, and that's why, you know, he sends basically Arkillo out to basically, in a way, to circumvent his own destiny by having Arkillo or having Arkillo suffer the fate he would have suffered if he stood up against this new god. At the same time, he's putting Despotellus into action to act as a spy and potentially to act, you know, in other ways. But we know he can act as. So Sinestro again is is coming across as the. Is the brighter is the only one seemingly capable during the initial act? I think of dealing with this threat. Yeah. Um. I just. I just. I, since you now that you mentioned, I mean, it, it's it's been in the back of my mind. But I don't think I've ever actually said anything. It does really bother me that. I mean, the rings are the most powerful weapons in the universe, but they are continually being outclassed, all the time. But I. But I think that's why, as you mentioned, being part of a different universe, yeah. because there's that. I think it, I think it actually comes up in the next. I think it comes up in the, in the issue I'm going to do when they ask when I think it's Metron asking about. I think he asked whether the Green Lantern the, the the Green Lantern rings are the power rings, the most powerful weapon in this universe, and that and that gets confirmed. But yet still, that that power onto itself is nothing compared to them. So, which I don't, I mean, I, I don't agree with either. I think they're making the new gods way too powerful, but that's, again, if I, maybe if I liked the new gods more, I'd be willing to, you know, to, uh, you know, su- suspend, you know, the willing suspension of, you know, disbelief. Maybe it'd be easier for me, but I don't know. Okay. You want to do uh, 35, GL 35? Yes, I will try to tighten up 35 so we don't spend 
so we don't get bogged down too much. Uh, Green Lantern 35, the cover was, once again, an atrociously drawn Hal by Billy Tan. The quote on the cover is, Only a small mind would tamper with the source of creation and not foresee a terrible reckoning. You see Hal on his knees with a bunch of Green Lantern rings before him and Metron looking really pissed off. So we begin in deep space with Chad's favorite scene, which got us into the whole newsorama. <laughs> it's Hal losing an arm scene. <laughs> when we see a bunch of dead dead and or dismembered Green Lanterns floating in deep space near the boundary of our universe. We flash back. To, now we go back to uh, Mogo with the aforementioned atrociously drawn central power battery. We have Salak, 2-6, Kilowog, John, and Hal trying to get a asking the computer for basically some analysis about what's going on. One of the screens, you know, basically uh, shatters. Hal's begging for a situation report, and, and the computer pretty much says, well, Mogo is dormant. Planetary integrity is degrading. It's like, I can see that. It's bad. <laughs> Tell me about Aiden. And Aiden's the planet that that we just saw that got, that got completely recreated by the warped power of the, the emotional spectrum. Aiden population 84.5 billion, exposed to a vast expenditure of emotional spectrum energy. Scan reveals traces of all seven lights. And Hal's kind of, he's a little, he's more than a little taken aback by, you know, how, not only that they have all, you know, that the intruders who stole Mogos and St. Walkers, that they obviously stole, you know, the other five rings from the other uh, cores. And like, how do they weaponize them so fast? And Kilowog, you know, 80, keeps dwelling on the 84.6 billion people. The most populous world in the known universe, Salek points out. How, you know, everybody's looking to Hal, ironically, for, for leadership here. Hal points out, we got, we've got more than one planet-sized crisis on our hands. And then we see, we see, the, see Mogo continue, you know, his dormancy. St. Walker with one of his uh, tree monks hanging around him. St. Walker tries to talk to him. He realizes that he can't, you know, that it's kind of pointless. He has a little waxing poetic by St. Walker. You know, the blue light of hope is not instinctual like the green light of will. Neither is it involuntary like the violet light of love. Hope is a choice, a decision to believe all will be well, even when all evidence screams the opposite. This makes hope the most powerful light of the emotional spectrum. Now it is gone, stolen. I want to believe those who took it found a better purpose for it. But if they had such intentions, they would have asked for my ring, and I would have given it freely. No, those who take do not do so for a better purpose. Those who take, destroy. We return back to the source wall. We have Metron. Metron talking to Highfather. They kind of kept bringing us up to date on the life equation. The, the wall that... Uh, High Father mentions, you know, you listened to the source once before, and it said the secret of life equation resided in the power of seven rings. And uh, Metron points out the error was not in the knowledge given, but it's but it's interpretation. That then that starts leading them towards the White Lantern. That the White Lantern who breached the source wall, who breached the wall and accessed the source beyond, that's who they basically need. So High Father returns to New Genesis to make preparations. He tells Orion's going to remain here and command my divine guard in my absence. He will also report to me on the on your progress, of which there had better better be much. Find the life equation, Metron. Find it. We have Metron making a very again using his using their intellect that you know the 
that the web realizing that the Green Lantern ring isn't merely a weapon, it's a communication device, a direct link to its makers. It will tell us what those makers have to say. So as John Stewart flies off to Aiden, which we'll see picked up in the next issue of in, in the core part of this, on Mogo, we find out that the, basically what's the Green Lantern Corps is being hacked. They're being hacked by Metron. Uh, Kilowog's incapable of stopping it, even though you know, uh, Salak, excuse me, is telling him to crash the system, sever the link, and Hal starts thinking, going, "Wait, you know, let's think about this for a second. You know, if it's like a two-way street. If they're getting our information, we can find out, you know, where they are and who's doing it." So Hal uses that little tidbit to see Metron, and they fi- and they find their location at the source wall. Hal's Hal's now gung-ho, leading basically the Green Lanterns out to the source wall to try to get their rings back. Their stolen property is how we refers to it as. At the source wall, Metron and Orion talk. They talk about Kyle. Metron says he's he is called Kyle Ra- Kyle Rayner in his native nomenclature. Elsewhere, he is known as the White Lantern. It seems he is the only one of his kind in existence. New Genesis records indicate no other descriptions of such a being across the multiverse. Orion makes it kind of made me laugh. Orion points out, which I'm sure casual comic book fans probably have asked this too. It's like they're called lanterns, but they fight with rings. How does this make sense? <laughs> I, I got that made, that did that did make me laugh. That of course, of course is Metron's kind of like sigh in disgust. It's like, oh, Orion, you chimp. It's like Kyle's a native. Kyle Rayner's native habitat is Earth, the only planet that to have successfully repelled an invasion from Dark Side. We must report these findings to High Father at once. Perhaps his preoccupation with Earth is not entirely misguided. Then we hear drawing a bullseye on Earth. It's like you're asking to get your clock cleaned. And then Hal, Hal and the Corps fly into action. They blast Orion, Metron, and the Divine Guard with green energy. It's like, all right, Salak, we have the suspects. I had the suspects transported back to Mogo. We'll question them once they come around. And the Salak points out, Lantern Jordan, I do not think we have these suspects subdued. And this is where we get that scene that we, Chad and I just talked about, where Metron asks for verification. Verify data accuracy. Light rings are the most powerful weapons in this universe. Cross-checking all known records. Data verified. And Metron looking, not necessarily in a positive way, going, Curious. Hal confronts them going, look, I know you're not from around here. Hand over the stolen rings and I promise, you know, you'll get a fair trial. Orion, once again, throws out a little positive, an interesting tidbit. It's like, if you were really the law in this universe, you wouldn't need to tell us to do anything. True authority is never challenged. It's like, I see. I see. So you're claiming to be the true authority. Is that it? Like, I haven't heard that before. Well, here we are challenging you. So what's that to say? Or what's that say? You know, and Orion, that we haven't been properly introduced, and he decks Hal. Hal. Then Orion introduces himself. It's like, uh, you are his subjects, as in to High Father. You will tell us where to find your ally, the White Lantern. Hal gives the information that most everyone else believes at this point, which is that Kyle is dead. And the Lanterns spring into action to try to fight the new gods again. It does, you know, Pretty much it goes goes nowhere. Orion grabs Hal and goes, at least you had the courage to lead the suicide run. Goes, Speak, tell us the location of the White Lantern and I'll spare and I'll spare you a slow death. 
Metron pretty much calls off the dogs. Enough, Orion. The ring supplied the knowledge we sought. The White Lantern and the life equation are within our grasp. And, of course, Orion repeats that. <laughs> Orion again. You're weak, Greeny. <laughs> you aren't worthy of the new gods. That pisses Hal off. He's As they open their boom tube, he's going, go after them. Salak reigns Hal in physically, and he goes, Lantern Jordan, stop. Look. And through the boom tube, the lanterns get their first view of New Genesis. You see wave after wave after wave of the divine guard along with other new gods. And Hal is pretty much shaken, no pun intended, to his core that there's an army of them. He goes, and that's when he realizes they basically were set up. So I thought it, I, I thought they made a mistake letting us track them, but they just they just didn't care. It's like Kilowog has a command. I mean, Kilowog has to send a command to all the rings. Evacuate headquarters. Mogo's dormant. The Corps won't stand a chance. Salak wants to know where they're going to rendezvous. He goes, the adversary seems to know about us. They seem to know us as well as we know ourselves. And Hal adds, I'm counting on it because where we're headed, not even I thought I'd ever be desperate enough to go there. And then we, we flash to New Corrigor where we see Sinestro and... Lissa talking because Sinestro knows that the Green Lantern Corps is on its way. The end. <laughs> what did you think of the power battery? Shitty as usual. Well, at least it, it doesn't even look like a battery for God's sake. It looks at least it had a wider, uh, a wider, I don't know, side port. Yeah, maybe I don't know. It's I, that's one of the things I I don't understand why they can't draw up. It's not like they haven't had uh, a whole bunch of years to, of back issues to take a look at, to, to get an idea how to draw it. Oh, man. Uh, so the Lanterns get their clock clean again. That's right. Mostly the Greens this time, but we'll. <laughs> but every core gets a little bit of the ass whooping as we, as we keep reading. Mogo's dying and spinning completely out of control, has no control over himself. St. Walker's still depressed, but seemingly a little better than he was last issue. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Let's see. <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh, and, the, and, and the green and the rings are the most powerful weapon in the universe in this universe, but they mean jack shit to the new gods. <laughs> at least as is, at least, at least as currently used, if not constituted, they mean nothing to the new gods. Um, I wish we got a little more information out of the ring when Metron hacked it, like other than the stuff we already know. That'd be oh, cool. you mean what, what information he got out of it? Yeah. Yeah, that would have been interesting. This brings about <laughs> the source wall. It has a top and it has a bottom, but it envelops the entire universe and no one can get past it. How, how come you can't, like, fly under or over it? <laughs> Probably got a force field, man. <laughs> so there's a force bubble all around the universe. Use the force. Oh, yeah. Good colors. So I take this issue. Yes. <laughs> Obviously, this was not one of your favorite issues. <laughs> Based on the fact that you're really not saying anything positive about it, which is okay, but I figured I, I thought you would have said something more positive at this point. <laughs> no, I mean there's good colors and good art uh, by Bill. I, I, I think, I think other than the power battery and other than ha- you know humans like Hal himself and his and, and his hair and everything, I think Billy Tan's pretty great. Uh, you know, it, it's 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 cool looking. Uh, there are there are times when it's you know, not not so great, and there are a couple issues here and there. But overall, I think um, the colors and and everything work well with Billy Tan's art. Oh, I, I think that's I think that's true. 
And there are some characters that Billy Tan draws okay, draws well. He draws Saint Walker well for the most part. Gorn's son. Yes. Yes, and that's I'm relatively happy with his Kilowog and his Salak. It's just and his Lysa. And his Lysa. Lysa, whatever. Yeah, Lysa. Sinestro's hair falls flat. Yeah, yeah, that obviously is Billy Tan style. But at least Sinestro looks pretty good himself. But yeah, he, we could do without the little wing things on the top of his head. But uh, it's just, to be fair to Billy Tan, it's and we do rip him a lot in this, and it's not like it's undeserved, but we try to give credit where credit's due. The reality is, if this was a book about, if this was Green Lantern Corps, where he didn't have to draw either John, let's say, or Hal on a regular basis, just alien Alien Lanterns, I think his people would like his art. But unfortunately, the main character of the book is Hal Jordan, and he does not draw a particularly good Hal Jordan. Sometimes in close-ups, like right when they, when he's taught, when Hal's realizing they took all seven of the rings, uh, his face looks fine in that panel. But for the most part, it's the way the mask is drawn. All the humans, I think, the human lanterns, he tends to draw very slight. They're very skinny, they're very slight, they're very stiff. So even moving beyond the whole hair thing. I think that's what part of the problem is. I didn't. I thought this issue was okay. It. I didn't. I mean, the lanterns getting their asses kicked. This is just kind of like we know this is kind of a common thread. So, but I. From it, there were some interesting tidbits that came out of the issue as far as like the, you see, you know, them getting a glimpse of what New Genesis looks like and kind of how at the at the moment anyway they're completely outmatched. The. Now we see more of what was kind of hinted at before, I think, with Robert Venditti about how we – and we have more of this directly. I mean it's spelled out for you directly in the next issue – in the, the issue of Green Lantern, the next one that follows this. That we see in the first – in the whole Durlin War, we saw what happens with how Hal has kind of grown – how Hal has kind of grown into a thinking leader and coming up with strategies and, and not just rushing in. And then as they kind of hinted at that – Based on the threat that they had to deal with now, of course, what was coming up, we're going to see the drawbacks of that way of thinking, and we're going. And this, the first six issues, the first act rolling into the beginning of the second act highlights that part of what's maybe hurting the Green Lanterns and Hal in particular is that he's thinking too much, is that he's not being instinct- instinctive, and we he gets an, a, a kind of a, a very interesting pep talk from a a person you wouldn't expect, and that kind of like puts kind of like potentially sets Hal back on the straight and narrow for how we how to approach at least the new god situation. Yeah. But you but you see the thinking process in Hal while in theory it would, it would seem like a smart move. Oh, they're hacking into us. Don't stop it yet because we can get information. We can locate them, kind of like tracking their IP address. But at the end of the day, that's kind of just what Metron wanted. So. Yeah. Um, Green Lantern Corps? Green Lantern Corps. All right, uh, John and company show up on uh, Aiden, Aiden, whatever, um, because there was a you know rings were stolen and there was a mass uh, expenditure of spectrum energy. They get attacked by some vines. I'm trying to speed this up because we've spent almost an I know. almost an hour on I know, two I know, issues. I know, I, I know, we have. <laughs> well, well, the good news is the the good news is a red lantern should take us like five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> take me five minutes. Uh, <laughs> um. So they, they, you know, they're scanning, uh, you know, what's what's happened here. Uh, they're flying about the planet's surface. They get attacked uh, by various creatures. Uh, they scan these creatures. Um, they think at first they're responsible for the death of uh, of of the local population. 
Uh, it's when this um, in Uga, Uga. Yeah, let's say Uga because it's just Uga shows up, uh, and with his um, I wonder if these are supposed to be like apocalypse dogs, hounds, or something. I don't know. Whatever. Anyways, they they show up. Um, he kind of relays to him. Uh, to the lanterns that they were responsible for it. Now they're, you know, cleaning up their mess. Um, you know, we're not going to abide for the use of the rings. They're dangerous. Cut, touch back to uh, New Genesis. High Alt is uh, examining the rings. Uh, uh, you know, and reports back to High Father. They have no central control that we might exploit while they channel energy from beyond the source. While they are not pure, the life equation we seek is not contained within these baubles. Um, Metron shows up, uh, and says, uh, you know, I've learned a great deal about the White Lantern, um, his power is like nothing we have seen, you know, blah, 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 <laughs> uh, we'll cut back to, uh, Aiden, the Lanterns are still fighting Uga, uh, and, uh, God, still fighting. <laughs> still fighting, still fighting, still fighting. And John tries to take him into custody, which lasts for like a like a panel. <laughs> yeah, Vath gets uh, hit uh, by uh, Uga's hammer, um, which knocks him cold. It really does a number on him. Looks like it fries him, uh, like to the brink of death fries him. Um, Uga grabs... Um, uh, Uga grabs... Um, what's his name? Why is it escaping me? Um... Uh, Isamot grabs Isamot yes. by the hand, is going to take his ring. John uh, actually shoots uh, with his sharpshooter skills, shoots his hand off of him so that the ring leaves him and then goes back to uh, Isamot's other hand. Aresia grabs him, gets him out of there. John stays behind to uh, take on Uga. And what he does is he puts chains around all the buildings and ruins around him and says, before we can create something new, we have to tear down the old and yanks it all down on top of him and Uga. Uh, back on uh, Mogo, um, Vaz is talking to Kilowog uh, about the lanterns that went offline over by the source wall and said they're dead. Um, uh, we're going to go somewhere, rendezvous somewhere else uh, off of Mogo, and no one's going to like it. Uh, Vath is holding on for dear life. Uh, Uga and them uh, show up and attack the lanterns again. Uh, that's when Indigo 1 shows up and says... Uh, come with me. They disappear. Uh, are we going to follow him? No, they're going to fall in time. Uh, the people of this planet are suffering. Let let us give them their deliverance. And they're going to you know, stay behind and, and kill the rest of the population. And the hunt for the White Lantern continues in Green Lantern New Guardians 35. I, I like Indigo 1 being the falling into like the, 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 the Terminator mythology here. Come with me if you want to live. <laughs> Uh, she uh, she looks really weird. Yeah, she does. Not bad, but different. Yeah. So I think to to be fair, be, being completely correct, she looks more ethnic than she normally does. I think. Yeah. I think I think that's the way she's drawn. She's drawn more African American than she normally is. One of the few things I thought was really interesting in this issue <laughs> was when Uga and John are talking and he goes your primitive jewelry draws drain no I was right the first time draws power from that which resides beyond the source wall that light is far more powerful than you know which is basically why they're trying to take 
which is why they demand the Green Lanterns to turn over their rings, because basically those are too dangerous a weapon to have these schmucks using, in their opinion. <laughs> which is which is quite a it's kind of a, that's an interesting point, which I'm sure as this plays out, we'll get more of that because for weapons that seemingly can't do a damn thing to them, there there obviously has to be a little bit more to to the rings or the potential of, of the rings if the new gods are afraid of. Uh, what they could do with it, besides the fact that you know what they, what the new gods just kind of in their little misfire and blowing up and mutating this planet, but the, you would also think there's a little bit more to it than that too, that they could wield it in a different way where it'd be where it'd be a much more much more of a threat. So I didn't. Other than that, uh, I I kind of the only other thing I did like about this issue was I, th- even though it didn't really end that way, at least John did. This was the closest to the lanterns being able to at least fight the new gods probably too close to a stalemate that John at least was able to hold his own enough it wouldn't have ended probably well without Indigo showing up but at least he was able to for a moment get gain the upper hand yeah. plus there was no real conflict between the, between Uga and John Stewart it was much much less Uga seems much less of an arrogant bastard as opposed to like Orion and other people he's just doing what has to be done he's not necessarily happy about it and it's like I don't want to hurt you but you know I, I will if I have to that kind of thing yeah, um, it wasn't a bad issue, but not a whole lot happens. No, I it mean doesn't. it's just a big fight between uh, the lanterns and Uga. I mean that's really all. I mean, there's not a whole lot revealed here. Um, they just, uh, in terms of stuff outside of this, they reaffirm that the lanterns are going elsewhere. They reaffirm that the rings aren't the source of a life life equation. They reaffirm that Kyle is. I mean it's it's. I don't think there's anything new in here do you no i i no for the most part i don't think so um no i don't no, i don't think there was any it is a little repetitious on that point you know to keep reiterating it which of course as we be, which is kind of ironic because as we begin the, the next issue it's extremely repetitive again <laughs> there's a point to it as far as why they're being repetitious they're kind of using it to bring i guess fill readers in at the same time they're using it to fill characters in but well they're also using it because the lanterns are the you know <laughs> guardians of the universe uh, uh, and you know a, a massive expenditure of energy has happened on a planet you know something's gone horribly wrong with a planet that's supposed to be uh, you know of all like all planets under their protection so they're checking it out so i, I mean it makes sense that you know they would show up on the planet after something horrible has happened but in terms of what actually happens within the issue, what gets revealed, there's not much there. So there is a reason for them being on this planet, but there's no. Oh yes, yeah. yes, there's no doubt about that. Yeah, but there's not there's not much here. So no, there's not. You want to take New Guardians? Yes, let's get to New Guardians. I'll try to not get bogged down in New Guardians. It's an important issue, but again, it's most of what happens can be summed up relatively, and it's small or short fashion we have a a prologue which again is telling everybody and as it turns out kyle and carol bringing them up to snuff about what's going on about the lanterns have been being attacked and the rings being taken and you know we don't think the core will be their final target we believe they are looking for you and then we find out that it's the new guardians telling kyle and carol all this information they kind of state the obvious or the not so obvious which is it is impossible Kyle to pass beyond the source wall Kyle goes well of course it's not because I did it (laughs) 
It's like, well, I suppose I should rephrase. It was impossible, but you altered the universe so that re- so that return from beyond the wall was possible. You reshaped, excuse me, reshaped reality to give you what you wanted. And Carol points out like oblivion. An interesting little statement there from the New, New Guardians about, you know, beyond the source wall is the reservoir of emotional energy filled by the living beings of the universe. This is the power that keeps our universe running, but it is not the source. Also contained on the other side of the source wall were the instructions for how our universe was constructed, the life equation. If you change the equation, you change reality. And we believe the purpose of the White Lantern was to be able to move back and forth to ferry the energy you know, back behind the source wall when needed to refill the reservoir to keep the universe alive. But when you pass beyond it, you brought the equation with you. And because the life equation is within you, you are capable of anything, and that's why you're a target. And that's so Kyle's, Kyle you know, realizes that's the reason why the Guardians wanted them to remain hit, hit, wanted Kyle to remain hidden so nobody knew he was alive because of the power he possessed and how everybody would be, or potentially everybody, no pun intended, in the universe would be looking for Kyle if they knew he had made it back from the source wall. They get into a little conversation about uh, being lied and manipulated, and the Guardians point out, you know, we, we did it for the greater good. And Carol has to add her due sense, like, who does that sound like? And Kyle points out, yeah, I've, I've heard that, I've heard that, I've heard that song and dance before. Kyle you know, keeps asking for more information. You haven't explained who could kick the Lantern Corps' collective asses, and you haven't provided any particular evidence of what you say is true. And then we basically find out that the, despite the fact they've been on this journey with Kyle, the Guardians have essentially been, they also, in a way, have been hacking their own rings to know what's been going on between, uh, any inter-ring communication they've been aware of, so that's how they are perfectly aware that everything that's been going on. Kyle kind of talk, like a little talking to the Guardians. He kind of goes, you guys were supposed to be different. Carol, again, I wish Carol would shut up, actually. It's like, you were supposed to be better. It's like, you li- Kyle, you lied to me, you lied to us, and now you expect us to trust you. You know, kind of, Kyle admits that, you know, he's, I do kind of, be- I really do believe what you're saying about the core, but, but still, it's like I, I, I believe we're not going to stand and just let it happen. The Guardians try to intercept Kyle because they, they're basically they're trying to protect Kyle from himself in more ways than one. The Guardians then leap into action to try to contain Kyle and to try to remove the basically the life equation from him. Kyle lashes out for the most part without being able without really thinking about it, which is a pretty interesting little uh, splash page there or double double page of. Uh, the way he's using the white energy and it's coming out and kind of like this, the extended version of the symbol. And you see the, you know, see the skeletons of the new guardians he's, and a very, very interesting scene when Carol reaches out towards Kyle and Kyle looks at Carol and basically she, he sees Alex, which I think is pretty interesting and probably pretty telling this moment. High father shows up. High father tells Kyle that, you know, that this is a power that mortals weren't meant to control. You know, you nearly drove the universe to extinction, to extinction with your use of the spectrum, and now you would try to control the life equation. Is there any doubt to how this would end? High Father talks Kyle into like, let, let me help you focus. Focus on me. Let me help you here. Kyle's able to moment or temporarily regain control of the life equation. The guardians, the new guardians, if you will, step in and say, you know. We know what you want. We know, you know, pretty much what you know what you're looking for. And this power that Kyle has, it's not meant for man or God 
to possess, and we we will stop you. High Father with a look condescending, is that so? And he boom tubes the new guardians away. He just says he sent them away where they can do no further harm. High Father continues his uh, cell job to Kyle. That pretty much, I'm not. I can't force you. I'm not going to force you to come with me. But you know, you know, this is the right thing to do. I need, you know, this is what has to happen. Come with me. Yada yada. Kyle agrees to go. Of course, Carol says, you know, that she's going to go with him because she trusts him. They have another annoying kiss, and then they cross through the boom tube to go to New Genesis. I did try to speed that one up for you. <laughs> <There>. <laughs> and Chad has left the building. God, the, uh, the forced stuff between oh. Kyle and Carol. She is, I'm sorry, She even beyond the kissing, she's like, she's so annoying. She's like, I hate to say it, but she's like the she's like your worst stereotypical girlfriend who's trying to like pull him away from like all his friends and and, and the other stuff that was important to him. Who will just whisper whisper whatever he wants to hear at the right moment, which kind of supports or kind of like put, if he's mad at somebody, just has the right thing to get him more mad at somebody. It's like oh, it's just she's so goddamn annoying. I do like the fact that he saw Alex though, which might factor into why he's. I don't know. Again, it's still my maybe it's her sapphire power that's doing that's working wonders on him somehow. But yeah, he looks. I the I thought the artwork was especially good, by the way. Right when uh, right before the page across from when Kyle and, and uh, Carol are gonna kiss, and he goes, "I don't want to hurt you again. I don't want to hurt anyone again." I think that's one of the best uh, panels of Kyle's face we've seen in a while. Right, where he doesn't look like Charlie Sheen so much. <laughs> um. Did the Guardians themselves reveal really anything other than the fact that they knew? But knew everything, knew what was going on, knew what knew that Kyle had the life equation in him, all these things, or just they revealed a little bit new. They they oh they made it perfectly clear. They can, for lack of a better way of describing it, they confirm stuff we kind of already have known based on the previous parts of of this storyline so far, including that the fact that the white that Kyle seemingly had the life equation equation in him this pretty much just confirms that he does but i don't think there's a huge amount of revelation there other than the fact that of course they were willing to step into step in to take to try to take it from kyle if they if they needed to not that he not that they seemingly were going to be able to do that and the fact that they were not afraid to challenge high father and high father may have seen them as some some threat because of the fact that he boom tubed them out of there before they could engaged him in battle yeah but i like the issue i thought it was i think it's important the issue and i like the artwork for the most part even though kyle still comes looks looks a little too skinny at times new guardian the new guardians looked good i thought high father looked pretty good mm-hmm. that display of the white power and that two-page spread was pretty impressive i like that um even though we didn't really really affirm that Kyle is uber powerful. We did, you know, High Father didn't try and fight him, which kind of confirms its own thing. You know what I mean? Unless, unless based on what we just saw, which is that if you try to, if you give you that, Kyle's like hanging on by a thread as far as being even keeled. And if you push Kyle over the edge, then he will be able to, he won't be able to control the power. And then bad things could happen, even that you, on the ultimate level that you might not be able to control. So it's not like if you, so your point is basically correct that if if he knew, since he didn't know if, if Kyle could stay basically within 
keep his power set within some kind of semblance of control, he wouldn't engage him. But if he knew, but maybe if, but again, maybe if he knew Kyle could control it a little bit more than he seemingly can at this point, maybe he would have not been afraid to at least begin a confrontation with him. It is, it is very clever. It is kind of almost like in a way, and I guess we'll see how it all plays out. Needless to say, in the next two acts that he does kind of try the, the Palpatine route and try to convince him that he's on his side to come with him as opposed to physically beating him down and taking him with him or even trying to hurt somebody that he cares about. It's like, if you don't come with me, I'm going to wipe out all these people instead of just trying to you know, get in his head and say, you can't control this. You know, you can't control this. Uh, I can, I can help you come with me. And if you want to leave, yes, a common theme <laughs> should, should be a scene like that in every, every issue. <laughs> go, go now. Get on the chopper. <laughs> Hey, wrong series, but right guy. He's <laughs> 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 not a boomer. <laughs> <laughs> the best of Arnold episode. Put that cookie down. Is Alex DeWitt there? <laughs> it was a nice little USC tie-in with her shirt. That was kind of cool. Yeah. Um. So Red Lanterns? Red Lanterns, baby. This'll this'll take us twenty seconds and then we move on to the next Alright. Guy Guy and Ice are on a beach. Guy's distracted, thinking about everything that just happened. He explains why he's distracted. Uh, and that he <laughs> that he he can't you know, he can't forget about uh, the things that have happened or pretend they didn't happen. Um they uh, Ice kind of tells us why they're here they're in Dubai. Because, you know, uh, that just across the street lies the lawless state of Korak, of late under the control of a brutal, properly insane dictator who is rumored to have offered to pay billions of dollars to anyone who can grant him superpowers. Guy sti- Shazam! <laughs> guy cuts a knight. Guy is looking across the waters into Dubai, grabs his ring. Next morning, in Korak, uh, this dictator is uh, seeing a statue of himself erected in gold. Uh, he shoots his power towards it, and it lights up, uh, and then Guy smashes it down. Uh, I'll just, I mean, I mean, excuse me, once again, Guy destroys his big erection. <laughs> that's right. Um, right. <laughs> uh, what a boner killer. Uh, uh, guy vomits in his face. Uh, then the new gods show up. Uh, and try and take Guy's ring, but before they do, this, uh... Uh, Kuraki leader confronts him and then he gets pounded into the dirt sand by the new guardian or, or the uh, new gods which doesn't kill him we learn later but it kind of looks like he punches a hole into his chest um, they go after Guy Guy fights him uh, to no avail gets his head kicked into the dirt before he gets slammed in uh, by a giant hammer into the sand uh, Simon shows up, explains everything that's been going on to Guy since he's out of the loop. Uh, Guy says, no, we're not going to run, which is what Simon suggests. Uh, we're going to face him down. We protect the Earth. That's our job. Simon says run. That's right. Um, they're, uh, they're about to face off against each other. Then High Father commands them to come back onto New Genesis. They do. Uh, and Guy tells Simon, we ain't going to stop until the job's done. Continued in Sinestro number six. What'd you think? You know, 
I I hate to admit it because I like Red Lantern so much lately, but this is probably one of the weaker issues of this first act. To me, anyway. Uh, Simon being a little too convenient showing up as the cavalry. It's, it's, I like the fact we kind of get a glimpse of how Guy's going to be handling his stuff on Earth, pretty much. What his MO is going to be. But other than that, it didn't... It's, it seemed like a much a lot of a fill. This this kind of almost reeked of a filler issue, of a way to get the red land, a, a way to get the reds as in guy into into this battle without it really meaning much. Yeah. Um. Uh. Ice looks a little better. Yeah, she looks a little less butch in this. Not entirely, but a little less. <laughs> yeah. Um. <sighs> Earth storyline. Okay. Cool. Um. This Karaki leader gets taken out pretty quickly. I don't know where he got these powers or even what they're supposed to do because him shooting his energy at the statue and the statue retains that energy. I, I, I don't... Yeah, I don't know. I don't know was, how that was possible, so I don't... His face... I like the artwork. I thought the artwork was good. Yeah, 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 for sure. His face gets burned, but there's nothing really wrong with his face, so I guess he can heal too, maybe? Yeah, I thought that actually, when you were saying it, I didn't want to interrupt, but that was one of the things I thought it was pretty weak too. That he should that if he if he was going to be alive, he should have had a hell of a lot more damage to his face after the the napalm to his face. Yeah, yeah. Um, they do reinforce how powerful this particular new god is because when guy redirects his energy uh, or shoots his energy back to him uh, within the space of a few seconds, the ring charge goes from seventy two percent to forty five percent. So yeah, Guy he's... is really pouring it on. He's not holding anything back, but it's still not phasing this new god in the slightest. Uh, I think the only time he's phased by any sort of power is when uh, he gets caught off guard by Simon. But I don't think it's yes. any real pain. He's just caught off guard. Yeah, it's just a surprise. <laughs> it's like a mosquito bite. <laughs> uh, Mostly annoying, but other than that... Hi, Father says, you're required on new gener- Genesis. My the life equation is within my grasp. Leave them, we will save the uh, primitives from themselves another time. More pressing matters are at hand. So he doesn't really reveal much uh, there either. No. Um, so this is really definitely a one-shot. Indeed. And it looks like uh, we got some sort of Emperor Joker storyline coming up next. <laughs> yeah, I, I did notice that, yeah. Oh, man. Gotta love it. Gotta love it. So, Sinestro? So, Act 1, Part 6... And the cover blurb said, What use is fear against the fury of a god? It actually kind of shows what Orion, right? That's Orion's helmet? Yes. Even though he's not really fighting Orion, I don't think. But, uh, so we begin in a new Corridor with uh, Sinestro kind of like <laughs> dealing dealing with the results of what happened in the one shot in which the our poor Arkillo lost his, his ring fingers and his ring and the, the Sinestro core kind of Got a small beat down, but not by much. Uh, good old, good old Dez, who is pretty vocal of the new Yellow Lanterns, kind of points out like, you know, I, I, I believe I speak for all of us when I say, what in the name of Hades Nebula is wrong with you? This woman, this goddess, the new god, insulted you, insulted all of us. And then we get the little flashback of you know what I just described. And he goes, ask Arkello, I'm certain he remembers, and you act as if you're infatuated rather than infuriated. So I ask, what is wrong with... And he grabs Sinestro's arm, which is never a <laughs> smart move. And he goes, Des, touch me again, and, and Arkello won't be the only yellow lantern nursing a stub. 
goes, you fancy yourself a schemer, Des. I like that about you. Which is kind of relevant when we get to the next issue of Green Lantern because scheme because Sinister, you'll part you'll kind of understand in a way why he likes that about Des. He goes, but when it comes to deciphering my motivations, you are woefully out of your depth. Sora points out or adds that you know I I don't really like agreeing with him, but you know he does have a point. This woman attacked you on New Corridor. She could have killed every Corridorian refugee we've saved, and ever since that encounter, you seem more interested in courting her than fighting her. And he asks, uh, Sinestro talks to to Lysa, Lissa. He goes, can you send you know can you tell me, can you you know, you sense her? Can you sense her? Can you tell me where to find her? I'd very much like to have a word with her. And she again points. Uh, references the prophecy or the vision that she showed of Sinestro, you know, dying at her hands, and Sinestro goes, and yet here I am. What vision? I mean, what do your visions tell you now? And then we see a little, the uh, an interesting little dual splash page in which we see some of, of the events we just saw, which is like Guy and Simon uh, fighting with a Mephedron or Mephedron? Was it Mephed- Mephedron? Was that his name? Uh, a new god. Yeah. One of the new Mahedron. Guys. Malahedron. Excuse me. Malahedron. We see these black... Didecahedron. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? Go ahead. <laughs> Hexagon coming soon. We see these black... Um, well, they're not truly amorphous. They do have a shape to them. We see these, these black shapes, black as the void, spreading like infect, as an infection. She points out. We see Hal in the middle. We see black hand looking really... Black hand-ish in in full-on nut mode, and we see Kyle. I assume sitting on New Genesis, sitting on the surface of New Genesis as the actual city is floating behind him in the air. So he's down yes. in the ruins. He's, he's down. Yeah, he, he's on the he's on the 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 planet, if you will, the Earth. He's with the trees and the snakes, and maybe that's not a coincidence either that there's snakes in the trees. So, Lissa, you know, consumes the future. The darkness is total. I cannot see around it. This is when we find out that uh, Sinestro stuck Despotellus on Arkillo's ring, as to be the you know he, to be the, the perfect spy. He contacts Despotellus. Despotellus reports back that this woman is called Becca. She's a general of New Genesis. Even now, she makes war this time against our enemies, and we see Becca leading her hordes against. John Stewart, his Green Lanterns, and the Indigo Tribe because they've attacked. Knock. We we actually get a cute little image of when Becca's doing her thing. We actually they zoom in to kind of give you to show you where Despotellus is on her. So the Indigo Tribe continues to get you know, and the core continues to get their ass kicked. All her soldiers are going for your love, for your love. Sinestro sees all this. Sora points out, oh, we have to help them. The Lanterns, the Indigo Tribe, they're get they're getting slaughtered. Once again, Des and his pointy chin has to go, and we should let them. They are no allies of. And Sinestro cuts him off. My daughter is right, which seems to take Nora by surprise. Sora, excuse me, by surprise that he would say that. The Indigo tribe is a hated enemy. I shall let them suffer, but we will engage these new gods nonetheless. Arkillo, I want you to rally the Yellow Lanterns. All the Yellow Lanterns. So, <laughs> Arkillo nursing his stub there. He goes, but, but, but I have no ring. Arkillo, my friend, you have proven your loyalty through the right of sacrifice. You're a Time of redemption is at hand. Every pun intended. And we see the bandages peel back on Sinest- on Arkillo's hand. He has an energy-constructed hand with an energy-constructed ring that Sinestro has given him. 
That all that's all it takes for for the loyal dog Arkillo to be back in action. Yes, Sinestro, your lanterns will serve. We'll wring blood from their flesh, and when we meet these new gods, well, make ready, Sinestro Corps, make ready to milk blood from our prey. Blood. So Arkillo is ready. <laughs> now we go back. We're on knock. Blood for Sinestro. Arkillo finishes finishes statement. We're on knock. We see that poor little bird, Indigo Lantern, dead. Indigo One is squaring off with with Becca. You know, she goes, "There's no need for for you to fall with your planet. Surrender. We can end this fight if you just give yourself to me. You'll find that my people can be merciful if you." On that note, she gets attacked by from behind by Arkillo and the entire Sinestro Corps. <laughs> and Arisia kind of points out, "Is this the Calvary?" The Sinestro Corps, and actually we see Crib for the first time in centuries, I think. Crib and her babies attack one of, one of the guards. This, this whole Sinestro Corps does g- gain a slight upper hand to start with because by by their vir- the virtue of surprise. Actually, just but Becca just gets pissed off more. It's like, you think you can frighten me, a warlord of New Genesis, as she hacks through another Sinestro Corps member. Mine is the power of the High Father. I have bathed in the radiance of power unimaginable. Your light show does not impress me. And there's Arkillo looking for blood, or more specifically, looking for his ring and his fingers back. So he engages her. The the Sinestro Corps starts losing their advantage now, and more and more members of the Sinestro Corps are wiped out. We see Sinestro and his little, his little small, his small council, including Sora, looking above, watching all this, and Des kind of realized part of what Sinestro did on. On purpose was to trim the fat. He essentially led had Arkillo lead the Sinestro Corps into battle, so the weakest members of the Sinestro Corps would be wiped out. Sinestro appears before Arkillo in a hologram. He tells him, "You have done well, Arkillo. Now it's time to withdraw. Bring the Green Lanterns, the Indigo Tribe, and get out of there." <laughs> and then, kind of almost like an aliens moment, it's like first squad, we are leaving. <laughs> so Arkillo and the Arkillo, the surviving Sinestro Corps members, along with the Indigo Tribe and John Stewart's boys, they leave. Some of the more cannon fodder Yellow Lanterns are on the ground. It's like, is he serious? The line's already broken. <laughs> After Arkillo told them to hold the line, and then we realize that uh, the self-destruct protocol <laughs> was in, was initiated in in the rings of all these peon Sinestro Corps members. So they they blow up on knock, and they they. Uh, what do you think? Do you think they killed some of those members of the New Gods? Yes. Or do you think they're just... That's what I thought, too. That they killed some of the members of the New Gods. And then and then that just pisses Becca off more. It's like, love love for you, my soldiers, but for you, Sinestro, for what we, for, for we have both done here today, only damnation awaits. And thus ends Act 1 of Godhead. Um, I think there's also like a bit of a... Uh, compare and contrast between Becca and uh, Sinestro there because when he sacrifices his his uh, lantern she says a coward's trick sacrificing unwitting pawns to cover your escape betraying the loyalty of your subjects like some and then she looks back and sees one of her soldiers dying says for your love and that's kind of like a realization that she's doing the same thing right so um, yeah I think that's there do you think they're trying to build some sort of relationship between the two? I don't know. Possibly. Possibly. And um, 
where Arkillo says, this planet is done, the battle is finished, Sinestro Corps cover us. That panel? You flipped to it. I was, I was, I had flipped forward for something. Hold on. Do, 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 do. Okay, you talk and I'll find it. Yes. Uh, Arkillo's right arm, right about his elbow, that indigo lantern helping the other one. Is that Monk? See, I almost mentioned that when I was doing the issue review. It looks like it's Monk. We obviously know it shouldn't be Monk. Right. Or they at least sort of given us a reference to, to the fact that he got another, he got a replacement ring. Even though Lord knows there'd be enough rings floating around apparently on this planet right now after with the after the dead tribe members. But yeah, my that's when I started when I was doing the description of the issue. I got to that point. That's why I paused for a second because I almost mentioned that that it looked like it was Monk. Guess we'll find out soon enough. Yeah, what's kind of odd though is the Indigo Tribe is fleeing with uh, with Arkillo, uh, along with you know Guy and his groups. Uh, but John, 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 yeah, John and his group. So what's the threat of Monk? Like, <laughs> if, if all the Indigo Tribe is leaving, <laughs> then what's what's Monk gonna do? Because <laughs> they built it up like you know, Monk is free now. Yeah. He's gonna take a sword and start effing people up. <laughs> He'll stab some of the dead bodies on the planet. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Or maybe, maybe uh, Rebecca is gonna or Rebecca is gonna stay behind. I, I don't know, and he's gonna fight her. I don't know what's gonna happen there. But like, if if that that was something odd to me, like if all the Indigo tribe is leaving, then what was the point of of showing Monk with a sword? Right. So, um. Artwork was good. Yes, I really like the splash pages, uh, especially the futuristic prediction one. Even though half or more of it's already happened. Um, what did? Yeah, I think about ha- about half, right? About yeah. What did you think about the uh, black hand stuff? Uh, first, first, let's concentrate. That skull apparition thing next to him. What do you think that is? If anything, does that signify anything? Is it supposed to be something? Or are we just supposed to? Is it supposed to be a signal to uh, readers not familiar with the character that this guy represents death. death? Yeah, that might be the way I would take it. That might be. Um, again, I think we'll find out a little bit more about that when uh, in the next few issues, or at least hopefully in the next few issues. We know Black Hand does show up in the next issue of Green Lantern. Whether they're going to drag it out and you don't see Black Hand again until. Uh, until you know Sinestro's next issue or the next issue of Green Lantern, I sure as hell hope not. But I don't know. I'm not entirely sure. That I would have to be honest. I, I kind I assumed it was just symbolic, you know, symbolically of death or of the. But they are speaking. Remember, she is telling him about seeing death. You know, as black as the void, spreading like an infection. So that's probably going to be somewhat in, in you know, something that's to do with Black Hand, whether he creates it or, or channels it or controls it or. Um, and that planet that's being destroyed is that New Genesis, Apocalypse, Knock, Mogo, New Corridor. That's not, uh, I, I would almost want to say New Genesis, or or, but I don't know. But it's hard to say. It really is. I don't. I don't think it's. If it's Mogo, I'm gonna be pissed. <laughs> How many times well, do we gotta destroy Mogo? They're, they're gonna be. The, <laughs> they're gonna be the. the we thought the Indigo Tribe were supposed to be the Nomads. They'll be the Green Lanterns because they'll they'll literally be homeless. They'll have no place to live. <laughs> Sinestro, I'll let him live in the slums of New Corridor. Just charge him high rent. I liked it though. I thought the issue was good. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Uh, def- definitely good. Uh, I wonder if, um, 
I wonder if um, was it, it was it was it Flodo or was it uh, was it Andy? One of those two were going. Uh, some, no, somebody we had on episode two hundred. I can't remember who. Someone said that they were only reading Sinestro, and I was going to ask if they were only reading Sinestro. Then what? If they're going to read through through Godhead, what 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 were they going to think about it? Like you know, write in and tell us if it reads through. Okay, based on this one issue, I don't think so. I kind of feel like if you read Sinestro five and then went into Sinestro six without reading any other Lantern title or the Godhead single shot or one shot, then you have no idea what's happened between five and six. There's certainly a lot of stuff that wouldn't make a lot of sense in context, and, it's, and there's information missing too. Because the, even this, I don't think this issue does not, I don't believe, give you 100% a recap of everything that's happened in Godhead up to this point either. It gives you some, but it doesn't give you all. No. And clearly, you know, in but Sinestro is there's at least they're setting it up for Sinestro to be a, a huge player in the storyline. He's he's the at the moment he's the only one who's who is capable of creating a plan that at least has at least works on the most basic level. <laughs> yeah, and this was the closest thing to a, a, a full counteroffensive that any of the lanterns have been able to wage so far. Now, yes, there was a there was a obviously there was a hidden motive that he had because he wanted to get rid of the weakest members of his tribe, his core, excuse me. Yeah. But but he did kind of send a message at the same time. Yeah, that's true. Um, while I do like the art throughout it, uh, my my favorite my favorite part of the art um, would have to be the stuff with Lissa. Uh, uh, more particularly, and it's it's real. It's it's not even a close up when they're all floating above Nock, and she's got all her cloak like swirling around her. Yes, that's, that's, a cool that's really cool looking. I think this artist style works really good, not just with lanterns. But notice, Lissa. Uh, all the lanterns have auras around them. Lissa doesn't. Yes. I think. I think the the dark, mysterious stuff really looks well, especially on on Lissa. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Eagle Sham's art is really good. Um. Anything else about this issue? I don't know. I don't think so. But it certainly leads very nicely into uh the next part. I don't know if you have read Green Lantern thirty six yet, but Green Lantern. Not yet. Green Lantern. Green Lantern 36 is, I would have to say at this point, is probably my favorite part of Godhead so far. Yeah, not, not, I, have, I, I haven't read it yet, haven't even seen a, a panel from it. So, Cool. I think, I think you'll enjoy it. I think certainly reading Sinestro 6 and reading Green Lantern Core, I mean uh, Green Lantern 36, I think they go well together. I think they're important, and I'm sure Corwin will enjoy both of them greatly. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so now that we're through with Act 1, what do you think of the first official act of Godhead? From from Part 1 to Part 6, not including this newest issue of Green Lantern you just mentioned. Just everything about the story we know from these issues only. I say it certainly has picked up momentum as it went along. I think, even though I've read Lan- to me Red Lanterns was kind of a stumble. But I think, like I said, the one-shot, I was not, th- I was not thrilled with the one-shot. Green Lantern 35 I liked slightly better. Core I actually did like because, I guess again, the Lanterns at least showed a moment of not being totally annihilated. New Guardians I liked because of the the, the relevance of it in seeing Kyle's power and his decision to go with High Father. 
I was disappointed in Red Lanterns. I did. I truly was. I thought that was mostly a throwaway issue, and I really liked Sinestro. I think it's moving in the right direction. I certainly th- think if you were to compartmentalize where we were in the Durlin storyline, if you tr- try to break it down into a, you know, to 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 its equal time slot or time frame, that this is much further along, and it has much, it has a lot more hope. I think, no pun intended, that it's going to be a really good storyline. I still am concerned that we have like, like another like ten or eleven issues of this thing before it finishes. I don't know if there's going. I don't quite know if there's really another eleven issues worth of story to tell in this, but I think we'll have an idea. Probably by the time we get to the New Guardians issue in this act, I think we'll know. Then we'll have an idea what's going to go on with Kyle, and I think we'll have a better idea. But there's some cool things even in the solicits we know that are coming, and we're going to get more Black Hand, and <clears throat> hopefully at some point we'll see Saint Walker back in action because they're seemingly are kind of like creeping closer and closer towards that. But I'm cautiously optimistic that it's going that it's it's I I certainly like at this point. Well, forget about it, at this point. I like it better than the Durland thing already. So yeah. Um, I, I enjoy it. Uh, I think the art uh, is pretty good, pretty consistent throughout. I don't have any major issues with the art other than, God damn it, I wish they'd fixed out the, the power battery and everything. Um, I really like... Uh, I, I, I think time will tell whether or not this deserves to be as drawn out as it's going to be. I agree. Um, I, I think it has the potential to be worth it in terms of not necessarily you know what... What things, what the status quo is coming out of the storyline, but when you look back on the storyline, going, well, that story deserved to have that many issues because there were a lot of different intricacies in it. You know what I mean? Whereas, whereas, you know, when you were on the other side of the whole Durlin thing, you're like, there is no way it needed to be this long. Um, I don't think there was a whole lot of a waste in here, other than. Green Lantern Corps and uh, and Red Lanterns, um, but I think it's fair to say that each one of these issues was their own little bit of setup. So even though Green Lantern Corps and Red Lanterns were set up uh, and and sort of wasteful in a way, I think they were still somewhat necessary to follow the storyline that was gonna is gonna be going on in those particular titles, or at least what those particular titles focus will be on. Maybe less so with Green Lantern Corps, since it seems like they're jumping all around the place, um, and they don't really have a centralized story. But I think you know, with 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 particularly with Baz and Guy following their own thing, that that was definitely necessary. Yes. Yeah. I think uh, maybe maybe Core will be a little more maybe it'll be a little more interesting since kind of like everybody seems to be like reconvening and basically going to New Core Gore. <laughs> All, all roads lead to new core <laughs> to try to ra- to try to rally the core and it, the cores are what's left of them. So I, maybe John Stewart will have more to do, and I guess we'll find out this coming week since that's when the part will come out. <laughs> I am cautiously optimistic anyway that maybe it's it might be worth all the all the issues that are being devoted to it. Okay, so you would you would, is it fair to say that you enjoy it a little more than you thought you would? Yes. Okay. I think that's a fair that is a fair assessment. Okay. All right. Well, uh, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll just uh, recap uh, the announcement of the contest, and uh, we'll close out the show because uh, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll tell you after the break. This is. 
Daryl Banks, and whether it's bright as day or black as night, you should be listening to the Lantern Cast. Okay, and we're back from break, and uh, so uh, our contest. As of right now, we have zero, zero, <laughs> zero entries in our contest. Absolutely none. So your chances of winning this thing, as of right now. Are through the roof. <laughs> now the and remember the grand prize is to get, get to do the threshold episode instead of us. <laughs> the um, the idea is the lantern cast testimonial contest. If you're a blogger, write an awesome epic review. If you're a, uh, a, a audio editor, create some sort of awesome uh, edited masterpiece of various lantern cast clips or. Yeah, I don't know. Whatever you want to do. If uh, if you're an artist, create an image that we can use as a header on Facebook or Twitter. Or if you're a web designer and you're good with WordPress, create a website design for us. Whatever it is that you're good at and can somehow convert into showing your love of the Lantern Cast, send that in to lanterncast at gmail.com with necessary attachments and or links. And you will be entered into the contest. There are unlimited amount of entries. And if you need any sort of clarification on, uh, let's say you have an idea, but you don't know if it'll count, tell us what your idea is. And we'll let you know whether or not it's whether or not it would count. There's no there, no limit to how many entries you can submit. Or I'm, I'm thinking there's not a whole lot we would say no to. Unless it's like, you know, hente fan art of <laughs> lantern cast i don't know that's opening a can of worms i didn't want to open anyways <laughs> but you obviously subconsciously you did oh, gross. <laughs> um anyways so there's so so there's that now uh the deadline for this contest is the end of the year this episode is that would be the, that would be this year people that, this year <laughs> that's right we're posting this episode on the 11th of november you still have a little less than two months, two entire months, to get your crap in order and send it in. Now, if the reason we don't have very many contest entries is because you guys are historically aware of Lantern Cast and contests, you gave Mark and I a chance to take over the show, and it seems, by and large, a lot of you are glad you did. With that in mind... Give us a chance to deliver on contests. And if we don't, then you can never trust us again on contests. But trust me, we're going to follow through on it. The prizes, well, prize, because it's one one big grand prize, is a softcover copy of Green Lantern Heroes Quest by Denny O'Neill, a still-sealed uh, action figure and trade paperback set of Green Lantern Rebirth, with a softcover trade of Green Lantern Rebirth, and a two action figures of Green Lantern Sinestro and Green Lantern Hal Jordan, along with their power battery and uh, Green Lantern symbol stand, and a set of the Blackest Night uh, uh, Green Lantern plastic rings from DC, from black through white, all the way through, the entire spectrum. All three of those uh, sets of items in one prize, and the way it's going to work is if we get more than five or five or more uh, entries, we're going 
to collectively, Mark and I will choose and agree on which five we think are the best, put them in a hat, draw out a name, and that person will be the winner. If we get less than five, Mark and I are just going to select one. I really, 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 really don't want to get less than five because I think it's going to be hard for Mark and I to agree on just one. And even if it isn't hard, it's kind of disheartening <laughs> for our first big contest to not get a whole and, lot of. And we certainly and we certainly don't want to get less than one. <laughs> exactly. Because <laughs> or, or else we're keeping the prizes ourselves. So, yeah. So that so that's the deal. Now, please, 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 share it with your fellow friends who may, you know, have have past experience with the Lantern cast. I don't know what. Whatever it is you guys want to do. Maybe you guys just haven't heard about the Lantern the, the contest yet because some of you are a little bit far behind. Maybe you haven't listened to 200 because it's a four-hour episode and you really don't have the time. <laughs> I don't know. But if this is the first time you're hearing about the contest, please get on it because I like the idea of our listeners getting a chance to showcase their love of the podcast and I'm really excited to see the various ways in which the listening audience comes up with whatever – it sounds self-serving, but for lack of a better term, tribute they want and the various ways in which that can be presented. And I think it would be cool because I'm not going to go into it, but my, my position at work has changed. Um and uh, it's 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 completely different from what I've been doing before, um, and the pay is different. I haven't been fired or anything. I know that I have a long running history on this show of being. I've lost a job recently, guys. So that if I sound down, that's why that's not it. I think it would be cool, given um, the amount of stress I'm going through right now, to be able to log into our Gmail account every now and then and see something cool. That's the way I feel about feedback. From you guys. I don't know, Mark, if you feel the same way, but whenever I log into the Gmail and see like that long email we had from Jesse not too long ago, that was awesome. That was actually made me feel good. It was it was cool to log in and just see that and go, wow, that's awesome. It was a good feeling. I think the 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 entries for the contest have the potential and for, forget the potential. I think it's absolutely true that when we see those entries, it's going to be really. Um, Really, uh, uh, good feeling for us to see those. Absolutely, no doubt about that. Yeah. So uh, get those in, guys. We can't wait to hear from you. Contest ends at the end of this year, uh, and so I think you still got plenty of time. Just get on it and send those entries into lantercast at gmail.com with the necessary attachments and or links or both, whatever it may be, uh, and uh, we'll we'll do it that way. Um, and like I said, any questions you may have about your submission, get it to us if you're not sure if it's going to work, and we'll get back to you as soon as possible and let you know if it'll work. And if people want to get a hold of us in any other way, how would they do that, Mark? They can get in touch with us any way they would like, but preferably, no. They can. they want to get in touch with us, they can email us at lanterncast at gmail.com, lanterncast at gmail.com. Our website is lanterncast.com can view our ring cyclopedia episodes movie reviews products of the week blogs you name it we do it or we're trying to trying to stick to a regular schedule as as chad will attest to it gets it's hard sometimes <laughs> uh you can follow us on twitter and like us on facebook use hashtag glcast to locate us on both we are on itunes and stitcher and if you like us on itunes please 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 leave us a positive review 
Last but not least, if you'd like to leave us a voicemail, call us at 708 Lantern. 708 Lantern! And let us know what you think. Okay, and speaking of reviews, uh, if you listen to us on Stitcher, or if you have the time and you don't listen to us on Stitcher uh, at all, please look up our show on Stitcher and leave a review for the show. Um, basically, you just go to Stitcher.com, S-T-I-T-C-H-E-R.com, and look up the Lantern Cast. And there's a spot down at the very bottom of the page for you to leave a review. Now, you don't necessarily have to be listening to us on Stitcher to leave a review. The review isn't so much about you know, what you think of the show as it relates to Stitcher. It's more about the content of the show itself. Uh, I just noticed the other day that that Stitcher had a spot for you to leave reviews. Uh, I didn't know uh, know about it before, but the, there it is down at the bottom of the page. You can rank the show by star uh, as far as five stars or less, preferably five, <laughs> and, and write a review about the show. And there is no content of that type up there. Uh, I also thought that at some point that Stitcher... Uh, limited the amount of uh, episodes you can listen to on it in terms of, you know, the uh, last uh, five or ten most recent episodes. Uh, as I go through our Lantern Cast section of Stitcher on that page, um, I keep hitting load more episodes. I'm doing it right now, as a matter of fact. And it keeps loading. Uh, it keeps loading all the way back to before Mark and I even took over the show. So at the very least, all of Mark and I's episodes as uh, co-hosts of the Lantern Cast are on Stitcher. Uh, so if you don't have the space on your computer and or phone or MP3 or whatever to keep all the uh, episodes of the Lantern Cast, you can stream them through Stitcher. Um, but it would be awesome to see some reviews over there. One, two, I mean, whatever. Uh, whatever you guys feel like giving. So uh, uh, that would be cool to see as well. And next episode... Mark, you're going to be out of town, right? Yes, yes, you I You want to tell people where you're going, what you're doing, or is it a secret? Disney World. Disney World, world, right? Not, not land. No. World. Okay, cool. Awesome. Are you going to hang out? Oh, are you going to hang out with Corwin or Andre while you're down there? I'm going to try to see if we can. I have one. I have one. Another friend who works at Disney World now. So definitely, uh, Andre and I've been. We have talked before about uh, getting together. So. Actually, this week is probably the week I will touch base with him to see how realistic that is. So, but yeah, it should be a fun time. Awesome. Well, have fun. Uh, are you Thanks. going to just Disney World? Are you going to pop over to Universal too? No. The only other place I think we'll do we're going to do before we go actually get to Disney World is I think we're supposed to do Bush Gardens while we're staying with my dad. We're supposed to do Bush Gardens. I think. Have you ever been before? No, not to Bush. No, Garden. to Disney World. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. We, we, yes. Is is Aerosmith's Rock and Roller Coaster? Is that Disney World or is that is that that's Universal? Disney. That's Disney Studios. Dude, I love that roller coaster. I remember I used to have. Uh, I went when I was like thirteen or so, which is the worst time for your parents to take you to Disney World. You're in that. You're fresh and and deep into that phase where everything sucks, <laughs> and you you're not willing to admit that anything is fun. <laughs> And my parents yeah. took me right at that moment. And my sister is three years younger than me, so she was like nine or ten, which is the perfect time to take a kid. <laughs> so she's loving everything, and I'm just miserable. Um, but I do remember Aerosmith's Rock and Roller Coaster being one of my favorite things. I remember uh, coming out, going into the gift shop, and there was a um, – I don't want to say glass display case because the, 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 the clear part covering the case was actually plastic. 
but it had a red guitar in there on like a little stand and it's you know it's Aerosmith's rock and roller coaster on it but I remember uh, the, the case cracked the guitar broke and I don't have that anymore but I had that for a long time uh, but yeah I remember how cool it was walking into Aerosmith's rock and roller coaster and the it was it's it's a recording studio right that you you've been on it before I actually we have never been on that one oh before. you're it, are you guys both into roller coasters or will one of you just like refuse to get on them I never I'm not huge on them. I don't listen. I don't know. Liz is kind of in between on them. I mean, we went on Space Mountain together, and we've done. And I was willing. Let's see what else. In my in my lifetime, I've been on uh, Thunder Mountain Railroad, so I'd I'd be willing to do that again. And I I would do the I would do the Aerosmith thing. The indoor ones don't yes. bother me as much because you know how bad how bad can they really right. be? I like I'm not going to do Expedition Everest. I'm not yeah. doing that. No, 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 no. Aerosmith is indoors. Uh, it's really cool. Um, basically, when you first walk in, uh, there's a waiting area. There's a regular line, but right the line right before you actually get into where you see the roller coaster, uh, like the actual cars, um, there's this space. It's it's a, it's a, one of those holographic projection areas that Disney has on various rides, um, and it's of a recording studio, and uh, it's Aerosmith, and they're like. Guys, we're, I can't remember if it was we're going to miss the show or you know we're going to miss the concert, you know something like that. And they run out the back door, and you can see them all pile into a limo. And one of them, I think it's probably Steve Tyler, sticks his head out of the sunroof of the limo and says, "Come on with us!" And then the doors open, and you 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 go out to the uh, to the where you see the actual cars, and you know the cars are like you know like you're supposed to be getting in the limo and heading to the show, and then it's this whole experience. So it's it's really cool. Uh, that was one of my favorite things uh, when I was at Disney. So, I think I think if you guys get on, you'll really enjoy it. Um, cool. And I, if I'm not mistaken, I'm, I believe they play uh, music while you're on the roller coaster, like you hear. It. Yeah, I think that's a given. That they yeah. Do that. Um, so that's cool. Um, so while Mark is gone, there won't be an episode. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> there will be an episode posted uh, for uh, next Tuesday, which will be. Uh, that's the 18th. The 18th, that episode, since I'll be going solo, what do you guys think it is? <laughs> Green Lantern, Green Arrow is coming back. I told you guys, I promised some of you it would be back within, uh, 10 or so, 10 or less posted episodes of the Lantern cast, and I'm keeping that promise. So, I believe it's episode 4 of Green Lantern, Green Arrow. No more preamble. We are finally getting into the meat of the issues. So, Green Lantern, Green Arrow, episode number 4. Covering issue number seventy-six, so the start of the Green, the historic Green Lantern, Green Arrow run by Denny O'Neill and Neil Adams. So uh, look forward to uh, to putting that out there and and uh, getting some feedback on that. I know we've had three full episodes of nothing but preamble and history of the comics code and Frederick Wortham and all that stuff, um, which was several decades. Uh, at least two decades before Green Lantern Green Arrow came out, but it's still relevant, and you'll figure out why as we get more and more into the series. So, guys, hope you enjoyed this episode. Look forward to your feedback, your entries for the contest, your reviews on iTunes and Stitcher, and I hope you guys are looking forward to the fourth installment of Lantern Cast Presents Green Lantern Green Arrow. It better be, Chad. (laughs) Safe flight out to uh, Florida. I hope you guys have fun. Thank you very much. Talk to you soon. Talk to you later, guys. Bye.